Journey to Organization, episode 97. Happy Purim. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And I just wanted to give a quick message about Purim and... Um, just wish everybody a Chag Sameach and remind everybody that you don't have to do it all. <laughs> it's a really hectic week and it's a crazy week. And here in Israel, the kids are off Wednesday, Thursday and Friday from school. And it's a long week. And I got to tell you, in my house, we are battling a lot of germs. <laughs> uh, now, I... I wouldn't say that my house is definitely the cleanest house ever. It's organized, but it's definitely not the cleanest house ever. But like sometimes we get, we suffer from germs here. And so, you know, um, I'm going to spare you the gory details, but between my arm that I fell and hurt uh, two weeks ago and all the germs that my kids and my husband have, it's been a little bit crazy with a lot of extra laundry. Plus we have a big, big Purim Suda and, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little, <laughs> it's a lot. I'll be honest, it's really, really a lot for me this week. Plus, I have my regular responsibilities with running Conquer Your Clutter at the same time as running Painless Pesach, plus seeing my regular clients. It's definitely a lot on my plate this week. So I'm making my life as simple as possible. For Mishloach Manot, we give four. Each Each child gives one to all of our neighbors who I know don't get from anybody else. And my husband and I give to another neighbor who I also know doesn't get mishloach manot from anybody else. We are doing challah and grape juice like we always do. Um, I'm wrapping the challah in just a regular tea towel, a brand new tea towel that um, I have that actually someone gave me as a gift. So I'm going to wrap all the chalot with a towel and a ribbon that I'm recycling and a recycled bag that I saved from the year when somebody bought me a present. And that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. It's really nice. It fulfills the mitzvah. And, you know, I am already baking anyways for my suda and you know, I have so many people coming to my suda. I don't feel like I need to make a huge thing out of Mishloche Manot. Um, I know a lot of people, um, I've seen a lot of things about people saying like, oh, but Mishloche Manot make me feel so included. Great. So don't give to your friend who's getting 30,000 Mishloch Manot. Give to the friend who just got divorced or was recently widowed or is single and you know they're probably not going to get as many as you are. I heard one lady say to me, you know, I just, one Mishloch Manot comes in, I repackage it as something else and pass it to the next person who's coming in because I don't want to have so much junk. And I feel like if that's the view that people are taking, like we're just trying to pa- re-gift our mishloch manot, re-gift them, that's a good word. If we're just trying to re-gift our mishloch manot, then I feel like it's almost a burden. So look for the person who really, really needs it, who needs to know that you're their friend and you support them. And and you don't have to give junk food. And you don't have to go out of your way to bake a challah or give a bottle of wine. or, But you could give like some beautiful fruits. Or um, I remember when I was growing up, my mom always gave like a pineapple or a cantaloupe or whatever was in season. Um 
in addition to some hamantashen that she would bake herself and herself not herself there's only one of her <laughs> that she would make herself and you know um usually like a bottle of something to drink and just something and and something to have i have uh, my best friend's mom she always gives like a kugel and some hamantashen or something like a little mini kugel like if you're making anyways for the Suda, make a few more. It's really, really nice. You're supposed to give things that you're making, you know, at a Suda. I had one friend and her husband makes amazing hummus and amazing falafel. So they gave a container of hum like fresh hummus and fresh falafel with some pitot. It was delicious. And like, you know, it takes a little bit of effort, but it's like, it's simple and it's nice and it's beautiful and you can enjoy it at the at the suda and it's just a nice thing to give to someone so you don't have to fill your your baskets with garbage that nobody really wants anyways and that you don't want your kids to eat either and you can fill them with nice things it doesn't have to be full of 10 or 15 items it just has to have two things in it really <laughs> that's it um so so you don't have to go overboard if you want to then you know, besetter, go ahead and go overboard or go crazy or express your creativity in that way. And that's great. But just remember the real point is to make the people who you love feel like they are loved. And that's huge. And so we don't have to kill ourselves, you know, with getting disorganized and yelling at our kids if we are already have too much on our plates. If we don't have too much on our plates, then fine. But if you have a lot on your plate this week, find a place where you can scale back and scale back. And it's okay. And don't feel bad about doing it. Talk nicely to yourself and say to yourself, I can do this. I always say to myself, self, <laughs> you can do this. You've got this. You're good enough. You you know, have the power to make this happen for yourself. And, you know, and I always like to say, Hashem is keeping me organized or Hashem is helping me get through this. And I just remind myself that I'm not alone and I don't have to be in control. And all I have to do is the best that I can do. And I think really when it comes down to it, that's the difference between someone who's organized and flexible and someone who's organized and a perfectionist because a perfectionist can, you know, be organized, but a lot of times if they know something's not going to turn out right, they'll just let something go because they'd rather it not be, you know, not do it at all than it, you know, be a little bit wrong. So... I don't want that for you. I don't think you really want that for yourself. So let the perfectionism go. Just do the best you can and be happy and content knowing that you're doing the mitzvah in a great way still. Um, a lot of people want to know how I have my suda. I've talked about it before. Um, we have a lot of people. I think this year we're up to 70. It's kind of one of our it's a medium-sized one for us. I think last year we had 90. The year before that we had 80. Um, we might get a few like last-minute stragglers, and maybe probably a few people won't show up. Um, I buy compostable plates, and I have to say it really kills me that the situation for silverware and cups or disposables in this country in Israel is not great. Um, I was hoping that I could find bamboo, which I could easily put in my composter after we were done instead of creating garbage, but I really couldn't find any. So unfortunately I have to use plastic because I just, I don't actually have enough silverware. I only have service for about 30 and <laughs> one year 
uh, one of the smaller years that we were having a suda, I figured, you know what? I can do a quick load of, of silverware in between people coming. And so I did. And I didn't use any silverware one year. On a year, we maybe were having like 45 or 50 people. And not everybody comes at once. It's sort of like an open house and people come in and out. And so I figured like, okay, I could wash silverware. How long does it take to wash some silverware? I'm going to leave a soapy thing in the sink. Everybody's going to put in their silverware and deho, right? Well, <laughs> that year, <laughs> uh, I spent the night going through about four bags of trash looking for the thrown out silverware. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm going to be more conscientious about doing that in the future. But um, I really was, I really was upset and I was like, oh, my son and I were looking, we really looked through the whole section at the store for, you know, what would be the best solution. So we found, uh, the, the best plastic solution. We found one that we felt used as little plastic as possible. Um, but I did buy the compostable plates and napkins can also go in the composter. So it's not a big deal. Uh, in general, I don't use it. And Purim is the only time of the year I use disposables. Uh, the rest of the year, I use always plates. If I'm having something, I told you one time I had a Sheva Brachot for 30 or 35 people. I had I borrowed and I had enough for everybody and it was fine. And um, that's normally what I like to do. But just in this situation, because it lasts so long all day and everybody's drinking and everybody is having like a fun time and I don't really have a lot of help on Purim, compostable plates, which anyways are fine for me because they're going in the composter. So they're not going to the landfill, which is fine. Um, it's just the plasticware that's a problem. Um, so for next year, I decided that when I'm in America this summer, I will... Um, look for a suitable solution to bring back with me. Uh, and yeah, that's that's what I'm planning to do this year for Purim. Um, and by the way, just as a side note, I already will be in the U.S. in uh, in in the first two weeks in July. So if anybody would like to schedule a booking for a talk in their neighborhood, please let me know. Um, anyway, <laughs> back on track, Purim. So here's the deal. Do what you can, do what you need to do, but do what you can. Don't feel like you need to keep up with the Cohen's, just do the best you can. If you need to cut back on the list of Mishloach Manot, that's fine, that's okay. Target the people on your list who need it the most because those are the people that you're really gonna help. And don't feel bad for saying, I have to do less this year. Just don't feel bad. I gave up feeling bad about my Suda. I used to think I had to do every single thing by myself. I would never let anybody bring anything to the Suda. And I'm like, nope, it's me. You're my guest. You're in my house. I don't want you to bring anything. Now I'm like, yes, please bring something. Because you know what? I realized all the people who celebrate with us, they want to come and celebrate with us, but they also want to chip in. And I say, I say all the time, I'm like, what can you chip in? We're having meat, like I always make turkeys because Ahasuerus was the king from Hodu to Kush in Hebrew. Hodu is Turkey, even though <laughs> Hodu the country is India, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so <laughs> um, I always ask people, I'm like, what can you, what is your specialty? What is something that you love to make? And then people are happy to bring it. And I don't care what it is. <laughs> I used to care. I used to be like such a control freak that I had to know exactly what everybody was bringing. But I don't care. I just put it on the buffet table. And when it's gone, it's gone. And if it's not gone, then it's not gone. People eat it. And when the next person brings the next thing, I just put that on the buffet table too. And of course I have, you know, my, I make things to supplement too. I don't just rely on the, on the potluck of others because, you know, that's, definitely not enough food. There are some people who come who don't keep kosher. So I know who I can ask to bring and who I can't. And when some people ask me if they don't keep kosher, I say, okay, so you bring a bottle of wine or can you bring this prepared food that we want? Um, so that I know that everything will be okay. And I never have any problems and no one's offended. Everybody knows we keep kosher. And so, <laughs> so it's not like anybody's offended when they know that they don't keep kosher. So it's not a big deal and everybody's happy and it's just it's such a nice fabulous feeling and I mean I never felt growing up that Purim was um you know not fun I always loved it ever since I was a kid we always used to like have a couple other families some years we went to a restaurant whatever it was but I just the Purim is my favorite holiday because it's like it's a, it's a mitzvah to celebrate Purim, but you hardly ever get to see all of your friends who don't live in your community on Shabbos or on a regular Yom Tov. So I feel like it's a great time to spend with friends, you know, when it's not when it's not like a Shabbos or Yom Tov. So it's just it's a nice feeling. So I really, really love it, and it's my favorite. And I always felt like I just I needed to control it, but I realized. I don't. <laughs> and since I've realized that, it's been so freeing. And everybody chips in and helps. And now my kids are bigger and they chip in and help. So my my kids tonight, they with my husband rolled the pigs in a blanket. The <laughs> here they're called Moshe Bateva, uh, you know, little hot dogs in a filo dough. We make our own because I've never seen them here in Israel. I'm sure you can buy them somewhere, but I've never seen them, so we just make our own. They're not hard to make. Um, my husband bakes hamantashen and cookies. I make turkey and potatoes and rice and salads. And then all of our friends bring other stuff and that's helpful. Now to cut back on waste, we don't do soda. I have like a lot of glass jars and I just fill them with water and put them on the table. And we also do have a soda stream so we can make seltzer. Um, and, and, and I feel like for the amount of people we have, we really do reduce our waste. Um, I have people like write their name. I leave, um, Sharpies or crayons on the table and I have everybody write their names on their cups so that they're only taking one cup. And it sounds petty or dumb, but it's not about the money or, you know, that disposables cost, even though I think it's kind of a ripoff. It's about, being responsible for what you are using. So I can't, I don't have enough glasses for everybody to use. It's fine. But if you need to use paper, then take one and use one. So that's, that's my goal for Purim. I love Purim. It really, it makes me happy. Um, I used to be really stressed out when I would have to go to Megillah at night and Megillah in the morning, but now I just sort of pace myself throughout the week. We use the freezer. It's definitely our ha a helper, our, our neighbor's freezer. It's definitely helping us. Um, and you know, 
that's that it is what it is but we ask for help and it was definitely a turning point for us when we had to do that um you know when it became such a big thing that we just didn't have the space for it anymore to do it by ourselves and actually i have to say when people are helping me i actually enjoy it more because it's something that everybody is a part of and i don't feel like i'm i'm a slave to everybody else like i'm the maid and that's a nice feeling to not feel like that and so i encourage you over this time over prem coming towards Pesach to not be a slave, to ask for help when you need it. If you can't figure out where you need help, which sometimes happens, because tonight (laughs) I was talking to one of my students in Conquer Your Clutter, and she said to me, oh, it's such a problem. I have all these different pension funds from all these different jobs that I had. And I said, oh, do you need an insurance agent to handle that for you? And she said, oh, I guess I kind of do. And she didn't even realize that that was what was holding her back from sorting through all the papers. She didn't know what to look for or which papers she needed to keep. And I said, well, if you have an insurance agent, you could just show them all to him and he can tell you which ones you need and which ones you don't need. And then it's, you know, Sagor, it's set already. You don't need to figure it out, right? And sometimes we know that we need help, but we're not exactly sure what the right help to ask for is. So sit down and and write about it for a minute. I always try to make like a little map for myself if I'm a little bit stuck. Like, what do I need to do? I just write everything down and then I can see like, okay, I don't know how to do this part. What do I do? So either I talk to my husband or I say to my kids, like, how can I, how can I get to this next stage? How can I you know, move forward with this. And when I can do that, I feel like it's a eureka moment, you know? <laughs> like, I just know, like, wow, I, I didn't realize that was what was holding me back from getting things through. So the asking for the help, I didn't realize that what was holding me back in enjoying my perm totally and fully was that I just needed to ask for help. Once I ask for the help, once I let other people participate, once I let go of the control a little bit, once I stopped worrying about the seder being perfect, I could actually enjoy myself and everyone enjoyed themselves more because everyone was pitching in and it was more of a group effort and there was more of a like camaraderie. So I guess the point is, is organization is important and we need organizations to help organization to live our best life and we need to be organized and have systems to help us function on a day-to-day level we also need to have less to do those things but sometimes in order to achieve lessness (laughs) sometimes in order to have less and achieve our goal of organization we need to ask for help We need to admit that we can't do everything by ourselves. We need to say it's okay and give ourselves permission to, you know, pull back and feel happy with the fact that, you know, this is what it is and and be comfortable enough with ourselves to say, yes, it's okay. We need help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. We would never say to our children, you know, don't ask for help. (laughs) We would encourage them to ask for help. The same thing. If you need help, 
get help, whatever the help is you need. If you need help cooking, if you need help cleaning, if you need help delivering mishlochei manot, whatever it is that you need, ask for help. That's that's the point. And, and Pesach is coming. And, you know, we don't want to feel like slaves sitting at the Seder table, right? We want to feel free because that's the point of Pesach. We're supposed to feel as if we are the ones who have been freed, not we're not supposed to feel like we're still slaves. And I don't want you to get to the setter table feeling like you're a slave. I want you to feel relaxed and calm and happy and feel the freedom that you're supposed to feel. And the only way you can really do that is if you're getting the help that you need or if you're if you don't have help, if you scale back and slow down and reassess and plan. Planning over the next few weeks, and I said this already, planning, though, is essential. For Purim, planning is essential. For Pesach, planning is essential. For any Chag or any extended activity, it's important to focus on the planning. Map out what needs to get done and when it needs to get done. Work backwards. Start from the Seder and plot down the last-minute things that need to get done. When you're working backwards from the end goal, it's a lot easier to figure out when the earliest or latest is that you can start on something so that it doesn't get ruined. I wish you all a very, very, very happy Purim. I wish you an in, uh, like a waste-free Purim. <laughs> And I wish you a perfection-free Purim. And I wish and I hope for each of you that you enjoy the lack of perfection and your ability to step back. For now, have a great rest of the week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.